The Breakfast Club Meets Murder is how author Karen McManus describes her first book. She's a New York Times bestselling author with four published young adult novels. This episode is a special collaboration with Northeastern's Women Who Empower initiative, which aims to inspire and enable future generations to be creative, innovative, and agile as they pursue powerful and transformative positions in the field of their choice. To learn more, visit advancement.northeastern.edu slash women who empower. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the Northeastern Next podcast. You received your master's in journalism from Northeastern in 2004, and you're now a New York Times bestselling author of a series of young adult mystery novels. I was looking through your website, and you say you use your degree mostly to draft fake news stories for your books. But I'm sure it goes a bit further than that. What did you originally plan to do with the degree, and what sparked your change to become a YA author? Yeah, well, back then, which is a while ago now, um, I was working in PR, and I didn't want to stay there long term. And so I thought, well, what are some related careers that might interest me more? And I worked with a lot of journalists. So I decided to get my degree in journalism at Northeastern. And I had a great experience getting the degree. I really enjoyed my classes, but I also realized probably about you know three quarters of the way through that I didn't want to do that either. <laughs> I was just on this constant search for what I really wanted to be doing with my life. So I didn't, uh, I didn't attempt to get a journalism job when I was done. I actually moved into marketing and I did that for a while. And then um, I guess it was about 2014. So 10 years later, I read The Hunger Games and I got really inspired to try writing again, which was something I had done as a, a kid, but not since. And it all just sort of steamrolled from there. So I do joke about how that's the only way I use my degree, and it is true. But it actually is a pretty significant component of the kind of stories that I write. They always have a media angle. I'm very interested in how that lens is applied to stories in our modern age and how it impacts the people involved and the people outside. So there's always a TV show or a local newspaper or some kind of angle where we're looking at the media aspect of it. Absolutely. And we know careers are far from linear, especially these days. So you you published your first book in 2017. So between that time you said you went into marketing, tell me a little bit about some of the jobs you had. And I feel like even every education and every job, it, it all builds on itself to get where you are today in those skill sets. Yeah. I mean, I was always doing something related to writing. That was what I loved to do. So when I was in PR, I was part of the editorial department. As I moved into marketing, I was very focused on creating campaigns, writing copy, that sort of thing. It just did not hit me for a long time that what I really wanted to be do was telling stories. I was always telling some type of story um, related to my jobs. I worked for a while for WebMD. I worked for a font company that sold fonts, which was actually really fun because typeface design is so interesting to me. And, and then there's lots of stories around how those are created. And that was fun to craft. But in the end, nothing really let me use my imagination the way that I wanted to. And I don't think I even fully realized that that was what was frustrating me until I started creative writing again. And that felt like coming home. I love that. So I actually started your book, your first book last week, and I'm about halfway through One of Us is Lying. 
how would you describe it without spoilers? Of course, I'm very much enjoying it, but how would you describe that first book? I call it um, the breakfast club with murder. <laughs> so it's about five students who walk into detention, but only four walk out. And the fifth student was the creator of the school's notorious gossip app. And as it turns out, he was about to publish life-changing secrets on the other four in the room with him. So when investigators learn his death wasn't an accident, they go from being witnesses to suspects in what's now a murder investigation. I love that you switch between the different characters' perspectives throughout and you get to kind of I find that's probably when I read books with that technique, it must be difficult to kind of get in the brain of each of these different characters and their perspective. But I'm curious, where do you draw your inspiration and creativity for all these different characters involved in the plots? And uh, do any of the characters come from your own personal life? Uh, they do not. That feels like a very dangerous thing to do <laughs> with the type of books that I write. Um, there are little kernels of inspiration. In fact, um, in, in One of Us is Lying, I got the idea for that as I was driving to work at the font company um, where I used to work. And the theme from The Breakfast Club came on. And I started thinking about how that movie has sort of the theme behind it has held up over time, this notion of bringing people together who seem like they have nothing in common and you force them to interact and it turns out that they do. And I thought it would be fun to do some kind of deadly update to that. And that's where I got the idea. And so for the whole rest of the ride, I'm thinking, well, who's in this room? And I started, the characters started coming to me bit by bit. And I thought, well, what would I call them? And I got to work and I passed by this young woman who I work with. Her, her name is Addie. And I said, hey, Addie. And then I was like, Addie, that's a good name. And that's, one of the characters' name is now Addie. So little things like that. But other than that, the character is nothing like the Addie that I actually know. Yeah, so it's probably a good thing when you're when you're talking about murder mysteries, like you said. Yeah. So what what was your writing process like? I think a lot of people, you know, they're readers or love to consume novels and to say, oh, I'd love to publish a book someday, but where do you even start, especially when creating the characters in the world and putting pen to paper? So Talk us through a little bit of how that started and how long it took you to even write that first book. Well, that was not my first book. One of Us is Lying was the third book that I wrote after I decided that I was going to attempt to try writing again. So that's probably the first thing to let people know. Chances are good your first book is not going to be anywhere near good enough to be published. Mm -hmm. It, you, Even if you have a great idea, you probably can't execute it well, but chances are you don't have a great idea. <laughs> you know, a lot of ideas shouldn't be books. Um, they shouldn't, but that's okay because you're learning. The absolute best way I think you can learn to write a book is to just do it. Um, and go through that entire process. So I had an idea for my initial book um, because I had read The Hunger Games and I was really inspired by that. It was essentially, it was a knockoff of The Hunger Games. So it was not a good idea. It wasn't an original idea, but it taught me a lot about the mechanics of writing. And a lot of writers I know get their start in fan fiction, for example. You know, they'll write within a contained universe that already exists, and that's a great way to learn um, because you're not doing that heavy lifting of creating a world and creating characters. So there are lots of ways in, I think. Um, but the most important thing is to just stick with it. Uh, if you really love it, you have to love it because it will consume you. I was working full time. I have a child, so I could only write nights and weekends. And I didn't sleep more than five hours a night for two and a half years. <laughs> you know, I had no social life. I, you know, I let a lot of other things 
fall by the wayside because I was very consumed with writing these books and becoming a better author. And with my third book, I had hit on a good idea. I was also skilled enough at that point because I had written two other books to execute it. And I also had done enough research about the industry that I understood what type of agent I wanted to work with who I felt could help me take this book where I wanted it to go. So it was a good, I'd say, you know, year and a half. And luckily for me, I write fast. I wrote three books within a year and a half. <laughs> um, that helps. But it was a year and a half of trial and error, of learning, of learning by doing things that, you know, ultimately failed. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna define success as being published, mm -hmm. but they were stepping stones to getting me where I ultimately needed to go. That's so interesting. I, I think I've had the chance to talk to one other author in this capacity, and it's such a different field that people don't know a lot about. And I think on this show, we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, and it, it's similar. It's, it's, it's a lot about starting something from scratch and going through that failure process and I, ideation and you know getting the partners on board that you need to have something actually launch. And so I love that perspective because like any job, you're not going to start that entry level and be <laughs> the top. No, and... I think with books, you know, a lot of people don't have insight into the process. And so when you pick a book up from the shelf, you think that's how it came out of the author's head. Mm -hmm. And that could not be further from the truth. Your first draft is a mess, typically. I average 10 drafts per book before my book is published. So I go through so many rounds of revisions um, with just myself initially, knowing what I want to change. I have critique partners, other authors who will read and give me feedback, then it goes to my agent, then it goes to my editor, we do three, four rounds of that. And so what you finally see on the shelf is very, very different than that initial draft. And I don't know if that's more or less intimidating. You know, it's <laughs> less intimidating because you don't have to be perfect. It's probably more intimidating because it is a ton of work. It's probably two years worth of work from initial idea to being on the shelf um, average. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Your books have been on many best of lists and you've received several awards for them. And looking back, is there one accomplishment that you're most proud of? I am really proud of the fact that I engage a lot of reluctant readers. I write for young people. Um, I mean, I write for everybody. I love the fact that a lot of adults enjoy my books, but ultimately I write for teens. And I've heard from so many teens who don't like to read, but they like my books. And I really love to hear that because reading was so important to me as a kid. And if I can open that window for someone else, I feel like that's just a wonderful accomplishment. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah, I think young adult literature is really popular and becoming more so with adults. <laughs> I know my sister's an avid yeah. reader. She always is sending me another YA title and I myself am reading your book. And it's so it's fun to transport yourself back to that like high school self. And I think everyone can relate to it no matter what age you are now. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, young adult is a really dynamic, really diverse, exciting category. Right now, there are a lot of fantastic authors who are publishing, and the themes are universal. It's not something that you can't relate to because you're 25 or 35 or 60. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have written other books since, and did you find your process got easier? I think you, you kind of mentioned that, that you had one published, you, you started to learn the process. But 
I always think about like a New York Times bestseller and this kind of coveted list. What do you think? Is there this magic formula of, of something that becomes a bestseller? And what, what do you, how would you say what is the key to success? In publishing, it's so hard to say. Some of it comes down to luck and timing. I mean, you have to write a good book. Your publisher has to be behind it. But a lot of good books don't find their audience and you don't know why. Um, so some of it is right place, right time, right book. I will say, you know, it helps to have a, a hooky book, something that you can sum up in a sentence. You know, if I say The Breakfast Club with Murder, everybody knows what I mean, mm -hmm. even if they don't know anything else about that book. So that does help. I know when I hear from my readers about what they respond to in my books, they tend to love the characters. They feel like they are friends with them. They're, they feel like real people and they're worried about them. They, they don't always trust them 100% because they're often hiding something, um, which I think is also helpful to keep pages turning, um, but they care about them. So I think that's important. And also I write thrillers. So a big part of my the way I look at books is I don't want you to finish a chapter and feel like, okay, I'm good. I can go to bed. You know, I want you to think, well, I got to keep going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think a lot about how can you create moments within the narrative that propel the reader along with you on that journey. Absolutely. I think that's definitely something that creates a page turner because when I'm reading the characters, it's that it's very common in thrillers that unreliable narrator and because it keeps switching between them you're like oh I like this character I'm like but do I are they are they telling the truth I don't know yet I'm only halfway through and, yeah. and you're so um, interested to hear from all the points of view what what's going on do you read the reviews from fans of your books and do any stand out to you you talked about like the people that are oh you know I didn't really like reading but I love these books but do you go through those on some of those like Goodreads sites no, no, that way lies madness, honestly. Um, I did with my first book. I think it's hard not to because you're curious. And what I quickly learned was how subjective the reader response is. You know, the thing that one person loves, another person absolutely hates. There's no way to reconcile that. You can't write a book that is universally beloved. But also the negative stays with you much longer than the positive. You can read a hundred positive reviews and one negative one and you'll remember the negative one. So I don't need that in my head. I don't think any author does. So I have not read reviews since my first book. I'll occasionally read the professional reviews that my editor sends along to me, but beyond that, I won't even necessarily read what someone tags me in on social media, even if they tag it with five stars, because I have, I have clicked through a five-star review before, and the first thing I read is, I hated all her other books, but I love this one. And I think, yeah, I did not need to know that. So I just set up a lot of boundaries around myself, because I don't think that I can effectively tell a story with that many voices in my head. That's a really good boundary. No one's going to like every book and everyone has different tastes. And I think that being said, I, I find so many writers are also avid readers. And do you make a lot of time for reading in addition to the writing? And are thrillers your favorite? Or do you have what, what kind of reading do you do in your free time? Yeah, I do try to read a lot. Um, and I love thrillers. The problem is I feel like I can never read thrillers when I'm writing them because I just don't want anything to subconsciously seep into what I'm doing. And for the past two years, I've been writing thrillers nonstop. So it's been really hard to find the time to do it. 
Um, but I try to make it. Young adult thrillers are having a moment, I think, in the past few years. There's been some great books, books published. I also enjoy reading the adult category. But when I need to clear my mind and do something totally different, I enjoy reading fantasy, romance, something completely outside of what I do. So I also read that One of Us Line is going to be a TV series. How did that come about? And did you know, do you know when it's planned or any information you could tell us about that? Yeah, that started, the whole process started actually before the book even came out. My agent has a film agent that she works with and she had sent him the book and he liked it. And so he was sort of shopping it around and not getting a lot of interest because nobody knew who I was and it's not the kind of you know, story that's necessarily popular at the time. Or, But eventually he talked to a couple of producers who were interested in taking it on. And I talked with them, you know, we had a great conversation. And then they were kind of like going out and looking for partners. And right about that time, as they were having a, a couple of good conversations, the book came out and it hit the bestseller list. And all of a sudden people were coming to us. <laughs> and so we had more conversations and ultimately we ended up in kind of an auction situation for the book and it, the rights went to Universal. So that was back in 2017. And it has been a pretty long process mm -hmm. since then as these things often are. Um, you know, there was hiring writers and writing a script and then Universal gave an order just for the pilot. So the pilot was cast and it was shot back in November 2019, and then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then nothing happened for a while. Well, stuff was happening, but you know, no decisions were being made essentially until I guess maybe it was last summer. They, they decided to move forward and give a full series order. And that was a real vote of confidence in the middle of a pandemic, because at that point, I think, you know, people still weren't quite sure how to film. Um, there had not been very many projects that got off the ground during that time. Um, so that was great to hear. And now we're at the point where a showrunner has been brought on board it, and um, he is working on the rest of the scripts for the show. And then the production team is heading to New Zealand where they are going to film um, this spring. And they'll film, I think, spring and summer. And it's possible that the show could come out before the end of the year. I think that's what people are hoping, wow, but obviously so a lot of stuff has to go has to go right for that to happen. So we'll see. But ultimately, it will run on Peacock, which is the new streamer for NBC. That's amazing. In your involvement, obviously you are involved with a lot of this process. But do you have any? I always wonder if, if when it's a book becoming a series or a movie, if you have any fears of things changing or when people are like, oh, it's so different or how did you think about that going into it? And obviously it's, it's a great accomplishment and you want, you know, the book and story to grow, but curious about that. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately what you have to do is just accept because the, the author does not have control. Mm -hmm. You don't have control over much. It's, it's great if you're a consultant and your opinion is taken into consideration. And I feel like mine was, but ultimately I'm not driving this car. You know, I drive the book car, someone else is driving the film car. And so you just have to accept that these are two different things. And ideally the universes complement one another, but they're going to be different. And someone else's creative vision is going to drive that side of things. So from what I've seen so far, I think they're doing a good job of, you know, kind of 
staying true to the emotional core of the book while making it something that works on screen. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I've only seen the pilot, so mm -hmm. I'm waiting eager, eagerly to see some of the other scripts and see how they're going to unfold the story over eight episodes. With a TV show, you add. There's room to add. And so you can expand the universe, expand stories, add characters. I'm going through a different process with my second book, Two Can Keep a Secret, which is in development as a movie. And there you have to take away. Mm. So it's two very different things, changes that are made to the book. That's so interesting. In the pilot casting, did the faces and the characters match what you had in your head at all? Um, not many of them, which was okay, you know, because I didn't necessarily expect them to. I, I think that is kind of unusual. I will say that Simon, the, the actor who's playing Simon, Mark McKenna, who's amazing, looks so much like Simon. It was eerie. He is absolutely how I pictured Simon in my head. And as soon as I saw his audition, I was just like, wow, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. As we have a few minutes left, I'm, I'm curious... Do you have any advice for our listeners who either want to write a book or kind of pursue this second career that's so different from what the rest of your career was? Yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on it, you know, a little bit earlier, but I would say um, you you just have to, nobody has the time, you know, like people often say to me, oh, I would write a book if I had the time. And I think, do you think I had the time? I was a single mom working full time in a demanding job. I didn't have it. I had to make it. So you can do that. Just know that you're trading off some other things and, and treat it like a business. I think sometimes, especially with creative jobs, it, it almost feels like, well, I should just be worrying about the story and nothing else. But there's so much more. There's a huge business side to publishing that as, as a creative hopeful, you need to familiarize yourself with. So I would say, you know, it's doable for sure but it takes a lot of commitment and it it's a steep learning curve. So you just have to be persistent and just, you know, climb that hill. <laughs> because this is called the Northeastern Next podcast, I always ask, what's next for you? Um, are you writing a book right now? And what can you tell us about it? Yeah, my fourth book just came out in December. It's called The Cousins. And I'm still doing some promotional work for that. My fifth book, which is called You'll Be the Death of Me, will be coming out in um, fall. I don't quite know the date yet. I think it's late November. That is um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off meets a murder mystery, <laughs> I like to call it. <laughs> and then I'm putting the finishing touches on what will be my sixth book. And then I'm thinking about what's next. Wow. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Karen. I you know, if I didn't have to work the rest of the day, I'd be curling up with your book and finishing it. But I'll get to it eventually. But yeah, um, thanks so much for having me. Thank you. 